Welcome to Green File for gardeners, environmentalists, and foodies. Inspiring people and stories so that you can green your life with your hosts, Mark and Ben Cullen, the father-son gardening duo. And this week, it's just Dad and I. I'm Ben. This is Mark. And, uh, you know, we're going to start off with a very happy new year. A happy new year to you, Dad, because as far as I'm concerned and as far as you're concerned, March is the new year of the gardening season. That's true. It's true. And it's the new year of a new of another hundred years. Uh, now, this is a complete mystery to our listeners. So let's explain. It's the year of the what? Garden. The garden. It's the year of the garden in Canada. Get ready for the year of the garden in 2022. And it starts in March, which makes sense, even if you live in the lower mainland of British Columbia, where, you know, daffodils tend to bloom day after Christmas. Uh, still it's like uh, spring is spring spring is coming even if you're on the prairies or you're in newfoundland the spring is coming so in march um ottawa through i believe an act of parliament because i know trudeau's on on slide with this uh Mm -hmm. they're going to proclaim uh 2022 is the year of the garden and um ben do you know the history do you know where it came from the idea of the year of the garden i have an idea and i think there's a few great reasons for it i mean the most recent and uh current of reasons is uh just how what a large part gardens have played in everyone's lives over the last three years now um but it also coincides with the 100th anniversary of cnla is that correct yeah, so CNLA is the Canadian Nursery Landscape Association. And for most people, that means nothing. It would be like if if you and I were optometrists, we would say, you know, we're celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Canadian Optometrist Association. And everybody would go, oh, that's, that's good. Enjoy that. But, <laughs> and, <clears throat> but I have to give them credit. They came, they, they, they wanted to have a celebration that was not just internal, where the industry said, you know, let's pat ourselves on the back. A hundred years of promoting the benefits of horticulture in Canada, whether you're a nursery grower, a retailer, a landscaper, a landscape maintenance professional, uh, all these people are involved in the profession. And there's over 5,000 members of the CNLA. And this is a big deal internally. For most of our listeners, it's also can be a big deal if you want to engage in the celebration. So, Ben, the year of the garden for the average Canadian gardener means what? Well, it's an invitation. That's what, um, what's his exact role? Is he the director of uh, Gardens Canada, Michel Gauthier? Um, yeah. Michel calls it an invitation to garden. It's an invitation to create your 100 garden moments uh, on the 100th anniversary of CNLA. And so that could mean a lot of things. I mean, have you thought about your 100 garden moments? Are we starting a journal for this? I'm thinking, I can't can't stop thinking about my first garden moment, uh, which uh, for 2022, which I hope will be in my greenhouse sowing seeds. Because I love Uh, it. You know, I love being out there. Don't you enjoy sort of the humidity and the heat of a greenhouse when there may still be snow on the ground? And I'm going to be out there in my little, it's just an 8 by 12 greenhouse. It's no big deal, folks. But to me, it's a big deal because it feels like a vacation without having to go through customs. 
You know yeah. what I mean? It sounds well, so simple. <laughs> I know what you mean. I tell you, I don't miss airports. I haven't set foot in one in a while, and I don't miss them. So I will be soon. Um, yeah, the greenhouse has a certain magical uh, quality to it. The air in there, it's a humus. I think yeah. you can you can almost taste yeah. it if you're if you've got you know rich potting mix on the go. You've got mm. seedlings springing yeah. to life. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that'll be your first garden moment. Well, and I purchased um, my seeds. I'm ready to go. Got the seeds ready to go. Well, I mean, depends on how creative you want to be. The first garden moment for many people is in January, February, when those seed catalogs uh, arrive. I mean, that's a, I you start to sure. animate your garden season in your head. But uh, yeah. for those of you who have a more embodied idea of what the gardening experience is, I suppose physically starts in the greenhouse or it can. Um, that's very exciting. Year in the Garden also has a color. It has a color. Red. Mm-hmm. Red is uh, Year in the Garden's uh, official color. And uh, that complements nicely with Communities and Bloom's Hope is Growing campaign, which is ongoing. And uh, Hope is Growing official color is yellow. We're going to talk about Communities in Bloom as well. Um, but a red year of the garden garden what's your red year of the garden garden going to look like well that's that's a really good question and i um I, I i wish i had thought about it more than i have now that you've asked me the question now i'm going to blow grow some poppies um mm. you know i think about our canadian flag and the pride i have in being a canadian a fifth generation canadian and you're the sixth and your boys the seventh generation of this family the cullens that came over with the Irish in 1848 during the famine. And, you know, this was, this is where our ancestors made their life. And I'm just so proud to be a Canadian. Why wouldn't I want to grow lots of red flowers this summer? Poppies for sure. And the connection to Flanders fields is obvious, but more than that, um, I'm going to give some thoughts to some thought to zinnias red. Do you grow zinnias from seed? Have you tried that? I have. I love them because they're pretty simple and so simple. Um, yeah. just bang for the buck. I mean, they're, they're, they bloom mm. for a long time. They're crawling with cool insects and butterflies. And uh, yep. usually I'll tell you where my, my zinnias go is um, when I've run out of vegetable garden seed, but I still have yeah. some linear feet of veggie garden bed. I just uh, dump zinnias and whatever pollinator mix I got lying around. That's what I do. Right. That's where it goes. And and by the way, folks, you know your junk drawer in the kitchen where you keep you know keys you don't use anymore and and stuff. There's probably a packet of seeds in there somewhere, right? Everybody's got one or two or more. And mm-hmm. um, uh, dig them out. Throw throw those in the garden. We don't grow enough stuff from seed, um, especially urban gardeners. Ben, I find that uh, people in the city environment they they love to buy plants and put them in the garden. They're not very patient with seeds, and yet. If you go on the prairies, everybody grows from seed. Like they understand and they've learned to have faith in a seed. So seeds, red, reminds me of something because I think you said something about pollinators uh, crawling all over your uh, zinnias. If you said to me, Dad, what is the best hummingbird magnet you can possibly grow? Do you want to ask me that question? I'm going to ask you that question. What, Dad, what is the best hummingbird magnet you can possibly grow? Right, yes. It's perennial lobelia, cardinal flower. 
So for our listeners, it's red, brilliant red. Ah, So it goes with the year of the garden. And it also attracts ruby, get that, ruby throated. Butter, um, hummingbirds, and it's 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 phenomenal. You know, I started a garden for the my first year in my new garden was last year, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm standing in the garden in September, having conversation with somebody I forget who, and it doesn't matter. And there's a hummingbird on my cardinal flower, my brand new cardinal flower that I planted in the spring. So I want to pick up on a, a one detail in what you just said. Um, which okay. is a tell, and that tell is to listeners just how much you value a hummingbird sighting. Because I have lamented in the past that you will interrupt any conversation to point out about a hummingbird. And um, whoever that was that you were talking to, you could have been talking to the Prime Minister of Canada. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Is a hummingbird, nope. and that's just that's it's just true. what hummingbirds. That's just the effect that they have on you, and I think that that's great. Well, I'm still trying to understand your point. I mean, shouldn't we interrupt a conversation with the queen so that we can just observe a, a, a hummingbird for a moment? I mean, I think the queen would appreciate that. Um, I, I like to think the queen has better angels for sure that would appreciate that and not be taken yeah. too much offense. And, you know, there's perhaps a lesson there. You're right. We should we should make a regular habit of interrupting conversations to point out these special well, based moments. Well, on, on what I know about the queen, she would interrupt a conversation with me to see a horse. A horse, yes. But a horse, <laughs> she, loves, she loves horses. A horse doesn't count towards your 100 garden moments, whereas <laughs> a hummingbird uh, does. So there yeah. you go. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. You never saw that uh, show, did you? No. Um, oh, gee. <laughs> I'm dating myself. Yeah, it was um, it was a, a show, a half-hour show that was on when I was a kid about a horse that talked. And oh, and okay. the name of the show will come to me. I just, what, what was it? Ned? Ned? Ed? Ed? Ed, Mr. Ed. It was Mr. Ed. And uh, he was the horse that talked. And the beginning of the show was a horse is a horse, of course, of course. And uh, it had nothing to do with flowers or pollinators. So That also Maybe. doesn't count towards your 100 garden moments. We got a few garden moments we got to create here, folks, because this guy, you're hung up on horses and royalty here. And we're trying to create garden moments for you in the garden. Yeah. Uh, so we got yeah. hummingbirds. That's when we got the greenhouse. That's another what else are you going to do to create your 100 garden moments in the year of the garden? Well, I keep promising that I'm going to sit more. I, you probably, you, you've read my stuff where I, you know, the book we wrote together, remember Escape mm-hmm. to Reality, how gardening yes, is yeah. changing Canada, uh, gardening and gardening is changing the world. Well, mm-hmm. and I don't sit as much as I should. I know I don't. And I have this lovely bench. Mm-hmm. I can see it from my office window sitting in the middle of my garden. And I think mm-hmm. uh, if I would just settle down and spend a little more time on that bench, uh, yep. I should. Uh, I, I think that would be a garden moment I would relish. Yeah. Well, yeah. just settling down would be nice. Oh, I've got all sorts of ideas. I've got all sorts of ideas. So an update for listeners, another update for listeners. I moved to Dazzled Garden, took that over for a year. And, you know, yeah. there's a lot of garden, folks. Ten acres is a lot of garden. And, yeah. um, you know, so Sam, my wife, she's going back to work. And uh, so we've moved, we're moving again. Peter, my son, he's going to move twice in the first 12 months of his life. Uh, so wow. that's exciting. And mm. so we've acquired a new another new place um, in, in Guelph. We're going to be urban gardeners again. We're going to be urban gardeners again. 
And I have all sorts of ideas for this place. Um, and, you know, I've been sitting here thinking, what red plant am I going to put in the ground? Ah, yeah. Does a red oak count? Well, yeah. And by the way, you know why they call it a red oak and why they call a white oak a white oak? I always thought it was about the wood, but you'll have to tell me. It is. It is. It is. You're right on. That's what it is. So, you, but you have to cut it in half to see that, right? And um, they, it's, it's not easy to distinguish a white oak from a red oak. But a red oak's a great, a great celebration of Canada. Um, I think you read the book, and I know I did by by Douglas Tolami, who we've had on this podcast, and wrote a book dedicated yes. entirely to oaks and the environmental yes. service that oaks provide. And uh, I can't think of a more appropriate tree that you would grow to celebrate the year, uh, the year of the garden in Canada than a red oak. That's a perfect, well, perfect choice. Thank you. Thank you. Cause you know, I think um, most Canadians have a bias towards maples, but of course, Douglas Tallamy yeah. has had a huge impact on my view of oak and their role in uh, the, the ecosystem. That is not to that is not to diminish the importance of maples. However, the neighborhood that I'm mm. moving to in Guelph has its abundance of silver maple, and I have I actually have an abundance of silver maple, which I'll be planting elsewhere this spring. Uh, and if you there's do. room on this urban lot, uh, I'll put an oak and a maple. But uh, it's a little tight. You have so. about a hundred silver maples healed in the vegetable garden up on uh, up on the farm, right? So you're going to move those to your farm in Flesherton, right? I'm moving those to the other farm. Yeah. And so we're going to have a hundred silver maples, not in the urban garden. And then we're going to put in a, I think we're going to put a nice red oak in the urban garden. Well, uh, I think a red oak's much better than a silver garden in an urban environment because I feel about silver maple the same way I do about willow. They look best on your neighbor's property. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? You know, like you have to distance yourself from these trees because they're so aggressive. They grow so big. They grow so fast. Now, yeah. I'm not saying silver maple's a willow. There's nothing more aggressive than a willow, except maybe a Lombardi poplar. But mm -hmm. um, a red oak's a much better choice, much better choice. And even if, if, if you want to plant a legacy tree, folks, plant an oak because an oak in, in, in Canada can, can, can grow and mature over hundreds of years. Hmm. Um, a, a maple, a maple will probably die within two hundred years. Is that true of all maple? Because I know silver maple are especially short lived. But that's yeah, yeah. But does does the song the a maple the maple leaf forever mean anything to you? Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole charity named after that song. Right. Okay. So that tree lived in toronto down in uh leslieville uh oh. and it was alive in, in 1867 when the writer i think his name was muir but i'm not i'm not i, I shouldn't say things like i'll say it's muir and then i'll be wrong but um we'll put it through alexander, the fact alexander muir didn't he write that anyway somebody's googled it already and they're ready to correct me the point i'm trying yeah. to make is he wrote it in 1867 standing under a silver maple soft maple same thing okay. uh in leslieville and it lived until i'm going to say about 10 years ago so yeah. it did pretty good right it, it did, it did quite good. well yeah yeah of course, um, soft maple, well, Peter, to your point they don't they don't live as long as a sugar they don't live as long as a sugar 
Uh, and I like I like sugar. I'm I'm planting 100 silvers because that's what I happen to have, and I happen to have kind of a wet spot on my farm where I think they'll do well. Right. Um, also, the farm that we have in Flusherton has a lot of uh, old sugar maples. Um, which one day maybe I, I should tap those trees because uh, oh yeah, when you got nothing to do, why don't you tap some maples? <laughs> I, gotta, yeah, I spend a lot of time with nothing to do. You're right. Between a nine month old and a that's not this. the bed I know. <laughs> what are you doing now? I spend a lot of time twiddling my thumbs. Yeah, really. Uh, Have you tried boiling maple sap down to sugar, down to maple syrup? Have you tried doing that? I have about as much patience as, um, yeah, a gnat. No, I, I haven't tried it. I haven't. Uh, but I know people who do. I have a great source of uh, for uh, maple syrup. I get it from Food and Shelter, which is my sister Heather's business. I don't know if you've heard of it. Foodandshelter.com. Food, she, food and Shelter Goods. Foodandsheltergoods.com. Thank you. And so Heather, it's where she started selling her own honey that she makes. And then the maple syrup that she sells actually comes from my one of my best buddies from agriculture college, Luke Hartung's family farm. Really? And uh, so between Heather and Martin, I got my or Heather and Luke, rather, I have my sweet bases covered and I don't have to stand around an open fire all day uh, stirring sap because, you know, I just I wouldn't stick around long enough for that. Well, the best idea you've come up with so far is that you should buy your maple syrup and not try making it because I know you. And it's not, <laughs> not going to stand around a cauldron with like with a big stick <laughs> for now, 36 yeah. hours. You, you've got to boil. Don't you have to boil 49 fiftieths of it away? Like it yes. takes 50 gallons to make one of, of sap to make one gallon of yeah, like forget it. And not only that, forget what it. are you going to do about all the ash from the fire that ends up in your maple syrup? It's going to taste smoky, and people are yeah. you're going to give it away with great pride, and people are going to say thank you very much, Ben. And as soon as you've turned your back, they're going to dump it. You know, I appreciate your honesty with me every time. I'll, at every turn, I know that you're right. You're right. That's exactly what would happen. So this is don't mm -hmm. expect Kellen's Foods to move into. Uh, maple syrup anytime too but you know something that i I've, that's been requested that i think would be a huge success on the bean business is a 100 percent canadian grown bean with 100 percent mm -hmm. maple syrup 100 percent canadian mustard and do like a all canadian baked bean for once because uh, i'd love to see that and uh it's in our wheelhouse so folks who knows maybe i don't want to reveal anything i don't want to mm. you know be too specific so like boston baked beans with a little bit of maple syrup would be good you call it boston baked beans or guelph baked beans whatever you know yeah. whatever yeah. it's a it's yeah. a new riff on that but um i do wow. like a baked bean with maple syrup and i got a buddy who makes great maple syrup i got a sister who sells it for him you know we're well equipped so on the subject of maples and sap i had an interesting meeting recently with a guy who works for a company called sap sucker that's the name of the this is sap a food sucker sap sucker that's the name of right. the, the business has he got a yellow has he got a yellow belly <laughs> i didn't ask him to pull up his shirt that would have been interesting <laughs> uh he might but uh sap sucker hmm. this is ryan klein he's the chief operating officer or something over there we were connected because i sell canned goods sap sucker is a canned product it's a beverage that is naturally sweetened with sap and it's not maple syrup it's sap so sap alone i guess at some point in the refining process has a subtle sweetness, an all-natural yeah. subtle sweetness, and this is mm -hmm. like a like a La Croix or a, 
like a bubbly or a flavored effervescent water that is just so subtly sweetened with sap. It's an excellent product. Excellent product. All Canadian. And uh, really? you can find that at your finer grocery stores. Yeah, I brought it home for Sam. Could she you, liked it. Could you, sell that? could you sell that as an energy drink that's got a little bit of sugar in it? Natural sugar, obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Possibly. It's probably better for you than a Red Bull. It's probably better for you than a well, Red that's, Bull. Yeah, well, no kidding. Better than a Red Bull. I mean, they <laughs> they, they inject a lot of caffeine into that, right? Uh, and, and other stuff. Who knows? And other, I mean, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I've never had a Red Bull. I've never um, even my lips have not touched a Red Bull. I wish I could say that. <laughs> I've been spoiled. <laughs> I've been spo- really? Well, you, of course. You, well, they had Red Bull when you went to school. Maybe you needed it to study or something. I don't know. There'd be a good. Yeah, reason it was for, for studying. We'll Red say it was Bull for studying. Uh, okay. <laughs> pushing myself. Uh, pushing myself. The most Red Bull I ever drank was on a Euro trip where we just had so much we wanted to do and we had jet lag and there was no time for sleeping. And that is when you drink Red Bull. Otherwise, don't touch it, folks. Go for Sap Sucker. And we are so off course here with You're the Garden. That's yeah, yeah, so- You're the Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Gucci well, is sitting the, at home the- going, where are my You're the Garden ambassadors talking about? <laughs> I, I hired these guys to pump my event and here we are talking about energy drinks. Yeah, right. You're the Garden. Wow. So we're at moment five, Dad. What are your other 95 Year of the Garden moments? One of them involves a beer. I know that for sure. Yes. Okay. Well, you're invited to my place. We'll have a beer in the garden and uh, a beer for the year. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll toast the year of the garden. Uh, LiveTheGardenLife.GardensCanada.ca. You you can Google it, of course. Just go to Year of the Garden. You'll find there's a very extensive website out there, folks, and it gives you a lot of these ideas, and it'll ask you a question. Are you a garden family member? What's a garden family, Ben? I thought I was born into one. Yeah, okay. There you go. So uh, <laughs> people can join the garden family. And you can discover how to do that by going on the website, livethegardenlife.gardenscanada. And uh, you and I, you said we were hired. We volunteered, um, just for the record, to be the national spokespeople for Year of the Garden. And and that, frankly, is a great privilege. And thank you, Michelle, and to your committee for uh, considering Ben and Mark Cullen for that very special job. And we're, we're delighted to be here speaking on behalf of the Canadian Garden Council, uh, which is actually making the formal proclamation that 2022 is Canada's year of the garden. Now, there's there's something else, Ben, before we run out of time, we've got to talk about communities in bloom. Is there a connection between year of the garden and communities in bloom, or are they two sort of separate ideas? Well, um, I think it's all one big garden party, uh, if I can use the phrase. Um, Communities in Bloom is a very special organization. One, uh, speaking of boards, that's a board I was on up until very recently. Um, And Mm -hmm. what a great volunteer force. (sighs) Despite my involvement, you've actually always been better at describing what Communities in Bloom is than I am, uh, because you've been involved for a very long time. I, I have. Yeah, um, it, it, you want you want me to take a stab at it? Yeah. So com- communities in bloom. Think, ladies and gentlemen, think about where you live. Where you live is, unless you're like in 
moose pasture somewhere. You, mm-hmm. There's a community somewhere near where you live. And okay. every community across Canada qualifies to participate in a very friendly competition uh, to earn awards for um, beautification and uh, social engagement. And I I need to be very careful here because Communities in Bloom, the very name suggests that it's about beautiful gardens in the urban environment, right? So, um, Mm. you know, a winning city like Niagara-on-the-Lake or Stratford, Ontario or Victoria, British Columbia, all of a sudden you've got these images in your head of the beautiful streetscapes with with hanging baskets dripping with color, right? Um, But I can tell you, that there's so much more to this. And I know this because when I worked with Home Hardware for 16 years, they sent me every year to the Community Achievement Award winner uh, uh, involved in the Communities in Bloom Awards program. And I learned firsthand, Ben, what uh, Pincer Creek, for instance, first place I went, Mm. Pincer Creek, Alberta, is a fascinating place. And it's it one of the things that fascinated me was when you pull into town, there's a pond. It's a big public pond near the war memorial, and there's a sign on it that says, If you're a senior citizen, you can fish here for free. We just ask that you <laughs> limit your catch to two fish per day. Now uh-huh. think about that. What what a wonderful service to the senior citizens of of Pincer Creek, the people who built the town into the wonderful place that it is. Qualicum Beach in British Columbia on the Vancouver Island, another place that I went, and I I, I was just blown away with the quality of life that, that that people enjoy there. And it's about building a community, not just by having beautiful gardens, although that's part of it, um, but also engaging uh people on a social level mm-hmm. and at every age category from little newborns like your Peter all mm-hmm. the way up to senior seniors older than your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those are the communities that win awards from communities in bloom. And if we're describing a place that you live, folks, if we're describing your home, your community, and if you're proud of your community, go to communities in bloom dot whatever I don't have it in front probably of me, but com. yeah, probably dot com. Google it. Communities in Bloom. You, you Google that and and find out what you need to do to qualify and participate, and you will be yeah. amazed. And there's one other story I need to tell you about Communities in Bloom, and that was Jasper, Alberta, uh, had won the Communities in Bloom Achievement Award, and I went there and I spent. You know what my job was, Ben? No. It was the best job in the world, next to being the governor general or a lieutenant governor who run around Canada just thanking people and catching people doing things right. That's <laughs> that's my take on what those people do. Okay. Uh, I spent a day in each of these communities thanking people, saying thank you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. making this community extraordinary. So I get to yeah. Jasper, and I'm driving in, and there on the highway, north, and this is the northern entrance into Jasper. So I came mm-hmm. in from Edmonton, and there along the highway and the entrance to the town is a community garden that's right by the road, and you can't miss it. It's more obvious mm. than the sign that says, Welcome to Jasper. That's mm. how obvious it is. And it, it, said to me, it said to me that community is important to this place, that Jasper yep. is more than just a a place for tourists it's a place to live and grow and work 
and be engaged with your neighbors. And everything I learned about Jasper during my time there uh, convinced me that it's a fabulous community to go and live in. And, yeah. you know, we think about it as a place to visit. It's a great place to live. Just like yeah. Pincer Creek. Just, just like, like Pincer Creek. Just yeah. like Niagara-on-the-Lake and Stratford. Yep. Yep. Communities in Bloom communities. And, you know, the reason I'm passionate about communities in Bloom is because, you know, I we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep a scorecard or like you know like those curse jars that you put change into every time you swear every time <laughs> i say this is not a politics podcast and i promise you folks it's not but these are the things i can't stop thinking about and one of them is community you know it's so hard to find yeah. a community when you move to a place it's so hard yeah. i mean you have to get into you know mm. it used to be church it used to be you know some people play hockey we're not all hockey players you know how do you connect with the network of people who live around you, if that network even exists and it's getting harder mm. and harder. And I think, you know, I feel a low level mm. of despair for what's happened to our social connections uh, in the places mm. where we live. It's so important to me. It's so important to me and we're making it more difficult for ourselves all the time. However, you know, however, I, and I'll cut that spiel short because it goes much longer than that. Um, communities in bloom is a great opportunity to lean into something we all love and enjoy, and that's gardening and green space, and become a more active member in your community. And this is not an abstract, because, you know, you use terms like engagement, community, blah, blah. No, call them and say, how do I get involved? I want to get on your committee. Mm. I want to be there mm. on plant tree plant day. I want to lobby our municipal politicians to invest in this stuff because it's important, and you will make a material yeah. impact on your community, those people's lives. And your own, because this is what strikes me the most, is the people who are so into this are some of the happiest and most fulfilled people you're going to meet. So uh, that's mm. my endorsement of Communities mm. in Bloom. I think it's fabulous. And I think there's no better year to get involved than Year of the Garden. So that's wow. all I have to say about that. Wow, that's a, that's, that's, that's a good circle. I like the way you segued right over there, over to Year of the Garden. Um, yeah, I'd like it's to segue to something party. else. Speaking of, speaking okay. of communities... And uh, connecting with people and caring about the world we live in. Uh, yes. There's some awful stuff going on in Eastern Europe right now, right? And we're all yes. very mindful of what's going on in the Ukraine. And uh, you and I have hatched an idea. I just want to share it with our listeners. Um, that if you donate $25 to Canadian Red Cross, and be sure to earmark it for the Ukraine. Um, and and if if you do that, we will send you a copy of our book, uh, The uh, Escape to Reality, and we will make a $25 cash donation to the Canadian Red Cross. So uh, we'll match you and we'll send you a book to say thank you, right? That's what we're doing, right? Yes, that's what we're doing. And I think okay. it's great. This, you say we, it was your idea. And I think it's a great idea. Well, I don't know. Books we, in I hands. Don't uh, I came books up and with here. an idea. You, you you massaged it for me. Well, I just executionally, this is what I think works. Give the donation mm. directly to the Red Cross folks. Get your tax receipt. Just give us some proof that you did it, and mm. we will match it. We'll get a book in your hands, and with the money, the Red Cross will get what the people in Ukraine need into their hands. We hope. Uh, the, because the, I mean, it's the best we can do, right? And it's, I think what frustrates me is, as a Canadian living in a wonderful free country, a democracy, I feel like I'm sitting on my thumbs. You know, I'm reading the newspaper, 
I'm reading my CBC news app and it's all streaming in here. And I'm going, yeah, but what can I do? What, I want to help these people. And I think this is something, uh, maybe a small thing, but I think we can do it. And the question, of course, people are asking is, well, how, wait a minute. I make a $25 donation or more to the Canadian Red Cross or earmark for the Ukraine. And um, then what do I do? Just we, you don't have to send us your tax receipt. We don't need to see that. But just take no. the last four digits of your tax receipt and send that to us. You can go to markcullen.com, contact us, and just say, here are the last four digits of my tax receipt. We don't need to know how much you gave. we just going to take your word for it. And we appreciate that you're a good, honest Canadian. We also need your address, your snail mail address, right? So we can send you a signed copy of a book. With our thanks for helping us help make the world either make it a better place or preserve it as a decent place to live, however you want to put it. Yeah, well, it's yeah, I think it's it's a really you're right. It's hard not to feel powerless uh, watching this unfold. And uh, this is something we want to do. So listeners, uh, help us help Ukraine. And um, yeah, good idea, Dad. Thank you. Let us say thank you for that. For you, can, you can give them a thousand dollars, whatever it is, but twenty five dollars anyway. We're going to send you a book just to say thank you, and uh, we're we're in this together. We're gonna we're gonna help the Ukraine and the people of the Ukraine, however we can. Yes, yes. Um, well, that's kind of the episode, Dad. Um, well, where did the time go? Good conversation. Oh, where'd the time go? Oh, and we started question. out talking about the year of the garden, Canada's year of the garden, and it's officially launching uh, March 19th, you said, uh, which is two days before the f- first day of spring, which is interesting. Mm. Um, and I'm going to plant lots of red. And um, thank you, Ben. I'm glad you brought it up. This has been really a fun conversation. I appreciate it. And I appreciate it, too. I appreciate you, as always. I appreciate our listeners for tuning in to The Green File. And uh, I also appreciate, while we're doing thank yous, I'm going to say thank you to our producer, Lucas, uh, for sprucing up the file, getting us online. And um, can I kind of read us out here, Dad? Can you what? Read us out. Are we done? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be sure to um, tell us what you like about our our podcast or... Um, some ideas on how we could improve it um, by going to where do you go? Shopify. Shopify no. is an online store uh, provider <laughs> thing. That is- I just said that to bug you. <laughs> it sounds a lot like Spotify, which would be a great place to find our podcast uh, or Apple, <laughs> Apple Music, you- or you know wherever you get your podcast. And if you get your podcast on Shopify. Good for you. You're in a small minority. Those people order their <laughs> socks and well, online purchases through Shopify. But uh, yeah, find us on Apple Music, Shop, Spotify. Now I'm confused. Uh, please like, rate, subscribe, share, and uh, tune in next time to The Green File with Mark and Ben Keller. I will talk to you later, folks. Thank you.